Hi, I'm Tim Harrison. I'm the Managing Director of Ionic Rare Earths. We're developing an ionic absorption clay deposit in Uganda, uh, a downstream strategy, and a recycling, magnet recycling business uh, in the UK. Hey Tim, how are you? Matt? Yeah, well, we're doing something different here. One, I'm being blinded by the sun. But two, we've got the backdrop of uh, the city of Barcelona and Spain. Uh, why are we here? Well, it's nice and hot. We're here for the Rare Earth Industry Association conference. So global conference, uh, growing um, association of, of like-minded groups trying to get rare earths uh, into production. And a bigger turnout than last year's. Much bigger. So uh, association is growing substantially and I think we've got 250 delegates here this year. So it's a, it's a big turnout. So um, it's a, we'll talk a second about your project, but what I'm hearing sort of in the corridors and bumping the people at breakfast this morning and so forth, there's there's a real kind of movement by um, the companies to try and work out who's who, how do they work together, what supply chains look like, where offsets are coming from. So everyone's here to do business, aren't they? Very much so. I think from our perspective, we've been talking with lots of groups for, you know, two to three years, working out how we fit into a supply chain, who we work with, who we think technically has got the competency to be part of a supply chain with us. So when we commit our product uh, into their, their facilities, into their production, um, we're, we're, we're de-risking our, our supply chain long-term. Right. And what I've also seen downstairs is lots of Chinese delegations. Yes. Talking to people. Yes. Observing, look, trying to work out numbers and uh, not necessarily what the, where the threat's coming from, but you know, perhaps who they could do business with and, and maybe how the worst can actually enter the race. Yeah, look, I think they're here to have a look at what everybody's doing and um, probably understand technically um, and from a competence perspective where where new supply may come from so uh, yeah no it's it's good to it's good to uh, I suppose have some discussions with them and find out what they're doing Christ okay. um, as much as uh, you know we keep our cards pretty close to our chest okay the, and the, the other topic of conversation is and it's affecting everyone globally which is when you're moving into that kind of well trying to move into that production stage you've got to finance the build so not only is it about planning how do you build, who do you, who are you building with, and you know where's your stuff going, but you've got to you've got to pay for this thing. Money is expensive, not necessarily available, and I think Rare Earths is, is not immune to that. So, are there any um, people here that, yeah, perhaps have got a view on that? I think money's available for the right projects, right, the right strategic projects that can put magnet rare earths into supply chains now. So. Yeah, you know, we're aware of several groups now that are very, very keen on magnet production uh, in in within a couple of years. Yeah, um, which means projects, the right projects, have to start construction shortly. Um, so there's a motivation to make yeah. it happen. It's it's just you've got to do the work. You can't take shortcuts. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, nice segue, nice segue, Belfast. How are things going? Um, very well. So yeah. no, very happy with the progress the team's made there. Um, I think we've put ourselves in a great position. Um, over the last nine months, since we received the grant from the UK government, teams hit the ground running. We've, we've added capability. We're now producing separated magnet rare earth oxides. Right. With that, we can now have more meaningful engagement with, um, with our downstream supply chain partners on metal making, alloy making and magnet making. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm, I'm very confident that over you know, the next three to six months, we're going to have real meaningful engagement on the supply chain from uh, from that material we're making in Belfast. Right, and just sticking with Europe, so um, obviously conversations in Europe, 
we have seen again in, in uh, kind of the battery metal space, we're seeing governments get involved uh, with with grants, tax incentives, all sorts of money options available to you guys uh, if you can present the right project. Just as you said a few seconds ago, are you advancing things along that line? That line? Look, I think there's money available, but you've got to be ready when, and you've got to know how much money to ask for. All right. You only get one bite of the cherry on this thing. Right. So I, I think we're looking at sort of the next round of funding, the next opportunity for for support from from governments on certainly with 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 ionic technologies. Mm-hmm. I think the other very attractive thing about being in Northern Ireland is that we've got now got access to investment not only from the UK government, Northern Ireland government, but through the Windsor framework, we've got the EU, yeah. uh, and now uh, with the Atlantic Alliance, the US. Um, so we're in a very, very good spot to take advantage of those relationships and that desire to see, uh, you know, economic investment in, in Northern Ireland. Well, I hope, hope so. It's my home country. Um, need all the help we can get. Uh, let's, let's head back down to Uganda. Um, the project, you put out PFS since I last saw you down in Cape Town. DFS. Uh, DFS, sorry. I said PFS, I followed you. That's all right. DFS, yeah. down, down uh, since I last saw you down in Cape Town. It's uh, numbers are were good. I think they're solid. Yeah, it's meaningful, right? Yeah, that's real. Um, and I think the numbers have been designed, or, or, or you know, the the stage one approach. It's meaningful engagement with the supply chain. You know, it's material we can put into a supply chain in early twenty five. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a platform to grow. Yeah. So it's going to get larger. Um, it just requires more work and more time. Um, but it was important that we get that mining license application in. Um. And we hopefully will have regulations approved shortly in Uganda, yep. and then a mining license to shortly follow. Well, just let's uh, remind us, yeah, ourselves of, of the numbers, and also this is only you know about was it one fifth, one sixth of the actual property. So it, it, it's it's phase one, stage one, whatever you yeah. want to call it, right? So uh, DFS numbers look like what? Uh, I think we had a, a capital development of 120 million uh, US. Mm. Uh, the internal rate of return was around about 32, 33 percent. Um, at the NPV, I look off the top of my head, I forget, but it was probably over 400 million. Um, so look, it's a place to start and we know that there's more inputs that are going to go into this and the numbers are going to get bigger. It's just a matter of doing the work. Right. And and scale's going to be clearly important if the West wants to compete with China. China is, represents, well, the the bulk of, of the industry at the, at the moment. So, um, US. We've just come from another conference, U.S. Uh, government departments, talking a good game. Are you seeing any action there at the moment? Yeah, look, I mean, we've, we've got the U.S. on a bit of a hold at the moment. We've got a few things, a few irons in the fires and also other parts of the world. Mm. Um, my view is that, you know, capacity needs to be built downstream. So until that capacity is built and in place, scaling up Makutu really creates an issue where the only destination for our product is, is China. So where we see meaningful capacity being built now or in the near term is where we'll probably initially target. But I think longer term, we do have uh, aspirations to, to build downstream capacity in the US as we scale out Makutu substantially. Okay. And I, and, and I say this with Gusta Rares, it's great that there's more people here this year and sort of association obviously building up, a little bit of momentum in, in the marketplace, but it still feels a little bit fragmented in, in a way. We need all of the above. The West needs all of the above to work. Yep. Um, how's that going to happen? Who's going to take this thing by the reins? That's a very good question. I think there's uh, there's a number of groups who are 
and who have been running the ruler over a significant push into the rare earth space. Um, we're waiting to see those things become public and then we can more meaningfully engage with those groups and be a part of that, that supply chain that's going to build. So I think we've had the good discussions. We know who the metal makers are. We know the alloy makers and the magnet makers. We know the guys who we want to engage with. Um, we're excited by the opportunity and working closely with them around sort of how we can potentially scale Makudu up to meet some of their growth ambitions in, in both Europe and the US and, and North Asia. So, you know, a lot of interest, obviously, from the Japanese and Koreans um, because they do have uh, some very good magnet technology and, uh, you know, we have a good offering that, that can, can complement what they're, what they're producing. Okay, and just for your shareholders and I guess anyone looking in now, the growth component is definitely there. Yeah. You, you've got, well, it's, it's good, but you've got a ways to go, which is good news for, for investors. And I think with the demonstration plant we're building at Makutu now, we're going to get information that can fold back into a revision of a feasibility study, yep. which helps us think about what does the potential Makutu look like, which then helps us engage with our supply chain partners on metal making, alloy making, magnet making, to understand how much Makutu can, can be a part of their needs. But we're going to learn from that demo plant and that's information that we can potentially apply to other ionic adsorption clays, which we're on the hunt for as well. Right, and, and timings around that? Uh, demo plan, we're planning to run from, you know, the second half of this year. Yeah. Um, we've, in the process of land clearing, sheds being ordered, should be delivered to site very shortly. Mm. Um, we'll be doing the first phase of activity, which is heap leach columns and cribs. Um, then we build the, the heap leach modules later this year. And we've got to produce a substantial amount of MREC for, for, for a couple of partners or potential partners mm. um, for them to uh, demonstrate ex-China supply for potential EV partners. It's kind of interesting at the moment. You're, you're in the kind of last 10 yards. It feels like after the race where it's now none of this momentum stuff, none of this theory or hope stuff. This is like you're putting this thing together. Yeah. It's going to be built. Yeah. That's where the real value is going to come from. This is grind. It's hard work, right? We've been through that phase of it's easy to plug holes in the ground with drilling, right? It's what you do with that information afterwards yeah. to take it forward from a potential thing to something that, that's that's on the cusp of being real. And that's that's the grind that we're working through now. That's why we're adding capability to the team. We're adding uh, thinking about the execution of the project and, and how we're going to take it to, to production. Good, man. So it's time to send. Thanks, Thanks Matt. Bye.